hear more about your poutine smuggling adventure because this sounds like a really solid plan and i i want to know how, how are we accomplishing this how are we smuggling poutine across the border i'm not helping you smuggle poutine outside the border <laughs> why not because <laughs> that's our poutine it's yours <laughs> all you all you need to do is go to wisconsin get some good uh cheese curds and then oh, sure. Let me let me just hop in my car and drive fucking five days to Wisconsin or whatever. Yeah, you. Yeah, but you don't need an enhanced, an enhanced passport to do that. Are you telling me to make my own poutine? Yes. I'm. No. I'm. I'm going. No. It's it's fries, good cheese curd, and well, the gravy is hard because it's like more of a, it's like a mix of beef and turkey gravy. It's not like the nor- the it's not normal chicken gravy or turkey gravy. It's a beef gravy with like a hint of turkey gravy mixed in. It's a very special brown sauce, but I don't know, you can get that off like Amazon or something. I mean, I'm not going to order Amazon poutine gravy. Like it, it would actually cost me less to just go to Canada and get an enhanced ID than it would to cost me to go to Wisconsin. No. I mean, once once you're across the border, you can just go to McDonald's and get a poutine. <laughs> Wait, they have poutine at Canadian McDonald's? Yeah, basically, a- basically any fucking restaurant is going to give you poutine if you ask for it. Like oh almost, God. at least in Quebec. I, I th- most other places also have like poutine options. I think McDonald's is like weirdly one of the only places you can get like good poutine cheese curds in uh, New Brunswick. Like, a lot of restaurants have it, but, like, as far as fast food goes, like, other fast foods aren't equipped for it. Well, McDonald's is like, no, yeah, no, we just have, like, these, they have these little, like, one-portion bags of cheese curds. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I guess, I guess there would be worse places to get poutine. I guess. I. Like, Uh, it's not the best fries for poutine specifically, but. I I can't imagine they would be. Yeah, like other, it mostly depends on how you feel about their fri- their fries. Generally, like for poutine fries, you want like you want them thicker, slightly shorter too. You just want like nice thick fries. Yeah, that's that's about what I imagined. Because then they'd like absorb the gravy, right? Yeah, well, they absorb a little bit of the gravy, but mostly so that you can like stab you stab the fork into the fries, and then you kind of like use them as a scoop to get mm-hmm. some gravy and cheese. Okay, alright, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about poutine on this, the end of the Bleachcast hiatus. 
Because the thing is, you can't use the cheese as the scoop because the cheese is melting. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> right, so it's, like, it's a, it's a curd, but it's only semi-solid. So it's not, like, it doesn't have the structural integrity to be a food scoop. Listen, I haven't had breakfast, and I can't start thinking about how much I want melted cheese curds. Like, I just can't do it. This is, this is torture. Listen, you brought up poutine. This is on you. I mean, I guess I did. And then you're like, what if we, well, I guess you didn't say what if we, you literally were just like, you could just smuggle it across the border. And then we got on this whole fucking tangent. And you know what? You're listening to Bleachcast. I'm your co-host, formerly known as Lily. Well, you should probably also give them, like, your currently known as name. Oh, I, I'm going to. I was, I was going to wait for you to introduce yourself. <laughs> but I guess I should have discussed this plan with you earlier. I, I'm going by Cinna now. Uh, that's C-I-N-N-A. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, it. Uh, yeah, have fun with that. And I'm your co-host, Sam. He, him. We, we've done it. We've ended. We've ended the hiatus. We're we're here. We're back. We, Bleachcast is once again in, in the mix. We we've done it. We're in the soup. We're in the soup. We have a lot to go over today. <laughs> um, I I went ahead and I took it upon myself to in a weird haze yesterday, uh, write a recap that i expected to be much shorter than it actually was uh as you do uh i don't think it's like super long i think it's under a thousand words i think actually it might not be i think the episode description might actually be shorter than the recap should we just hop into it sam when you first told me your plan of (laughs) having like a recap of (laughs) the bout of the bount arc up to date before we did i thought you meant you were going to, like, do it and release it last week. I I was... Okay, that was the original plan, and then I ended up not... I, I don't I don't have more. That's the end of the story. I just ended up not doing that. Moon. You know what? <laughs> Fair. Alright, give us the recount. The recount of Bount Town. Okay, let me know if I missed anything important. The, things might be a tiny bit out of order... I just kind of went with the flow. After returning from Soul Society, Ichigo and friends were faced with a new threat. Three mysterious new enemies appeared with strange abilities and a penchant for games, which mainly results in the kidnapping of Chad, Orihime, and the disappearance of their classmates. During a particularly labyrinthian game, Uryu makes the discovery that these new enemies are in fact mod souls, just like Kone. Before and plenty more- why did I have before? And plenty more antics ensue before the eventual discovery that the mod souls, also known as Lirin, Kurodo, and Noba, are in fact working to for Urahara in an effort to keep the gang on their toes for an impending threat. And to help Ichigo retain the information that he cannot currently use as Bankai in the human world. Along with this, we really start seeing the effects of the fact that Uryu has lost his Quincy abilities, which comes as a surprise to the rest of the gang since he never told them. Urahara explains that Aizen will need more than a year to mature the Hogyoku to wield its full power and asks for Ichigo's help in defeating him. Meanwhile, the Gotei 13 investigates said impending threat, sending Soifon and Yorobichi out to investigate. What they discover is none other than a bount, 
which Yorichi explains upon arriving to the training area with the rest of the gang. Bounce are basically what humans came to mythologize as vampires. They consume souls to basically live forever, and they often jump in for consumption during the Soul Reaper ritual of Konso, which, if you remember, is like how they pass souls on. How they haven't been seen in, what was it, a hundred years? Something like that? Uh, it, it's beyond me, but that's the lore we've been given. They, they haven't been seen despite jumping in during the Soul Reaper ritual of Konso. The, the primary weapon of choice is known as a doll, which, if you've seen JoJo, is kind of like a stand. They're separate beings with little of the way of personality, but each with their own unique abilities and form. Now, the Bout are located, to our knowledge, in a hotel. They're like... It's an abandoned hotel. It's the most vampire-ass hotel. And they have, like, a small tribe with, so far, we've seen three members. They're led by Jin Cardia, who's a real vampire-ass motherfucker, who lives in the shadows and seems to really love being in control. We know of two underlings thus far, Ryo Utagawa, who honestly looks like even more of a vampire, like he's really Dracula-esque, and Yoshino Soma, who is the sole woman of the group. Ryo seems, above the others, to really love fighting, and above all else, overpowering others, especially Yoshino. He seems fairly loyal to Cardia so far, but his sadistic tendencies may overrule that. His doll is named Freed, and takes the form of a pocket watch that turns things and itself into snakes. Uh, yeah, uh, there aren't any snakes this episode, by the way, but he does do that. We'll be sure to warn if there are snakes in future episodes. Yoshino's motivations have yet to be seen, but what's clear is that she is the outcast of the group. She has run away and acted of her own volition more than once, and both Karia and Ryo seem to believe her as being weaker than them. The former sees her as a pawn who he claims to protect. This is the one that Soifon and Yoruichi encountered earlier, and her doll's name is Goeth, who's like, he's a flame guy. He does flames. He does fire. After he's the hot ex- stuff. <laughs> what? I said he's hot stuff. Shut up! <laughs> we can't do this! <laughs> After the explanation of what bouts are, Urahara explains that the Mod Soul Trio also function as a sort of radar system to detect bounce. I, I don't remember if it was, like, specifically to detect bounce, but they detect bounce. And they're given a stuffed animal body similar to Cone. Virion is like a little bird, Kuroda's a weird bunny bag thing, and Noba's a gentlemanly turtle. Noba, Noba's the best. Let's be real. It's absolutely, like, honestly one of my favorite designs in Bleach, just period. Yeah, same, actually. I hate to say it, but same. Uh, Ichigo encounters Yoshino first, losing the fight but coming out relatively unscathed because Rikia appears who has returned to the human world on somewhat unclear orders. It's also worth noting that Renji's been in the human world, also kind of on unclear orders, but he was disguised as a hippie early, which is, I feel, incredibly important. Other members of the Ryoka encounter Ryo, but the true battle with him comes later, with Uryu becoming a primary target due to his lack of power. In the midst of the fight, Yoshino comes in, clearly not siding with Ryo, and kidnapping Uryu. Later, he wakes up in an undisclosed location and has a conversation with Yoshino about being the last Quincy, which seems to surprise the Bound. She tells him something, and then we move on to an explanation by Urahara of the true stakes at hand, which are that when a Bound consumes a soul, there's a sort of reishi residue that gets left behind, which in small quantities is not a big deal, 
but as the amount grows larger, it starts affecting space and allowing like two mutually exclusive spaces to be connected by a kind of tunnel, which essentially means that, for example, the human world could be linked with Hueco Mundo, the hollow world, which would basically make the arrival of hollows instantaneous. Uh, meaning the Soul Reapers would have no chance of combating Hollows anymore. They couldn't plan ahead. So, Urahar claims there's a 50% chance of this happening. Uryu wakes up at Karakura Hospital to his friends and explains what Yoshino told him, which is that the Bout have an ancient, unbreakable rule, which is to never consume the living humans, the souls of living humans, as doing so grants them immense energy that allows them to affect space, which we already knew. We, we learned that five minutes ago, Uryu. Thanks for being up, <laughs> up on that. But what Yoshino told him is this means they could travel to Soul Society. Supposedly, nobody but Jean Karia has decided to break this rule until now, and she has only break the, uh, broken the rule in an attempt to fight Jean. She no longer plans on breaking this rule, but plans on facing Karia using the strength she has now, and she warns Uryu that Karia will be pursuing him, as apparently the whole situation will depend on a Quincy. The gang promises to protect Uryu, and they return to Urahara's shop to start planning, while Uryu ponders how Yoshino resembles his mother. At the abandoned hotel, the Bount claims as their home. Ryo questions Karia's decision to allow Yoshino to roam freely, leading Karia to tell him that Yoshino can never leave him leave him, and it leads the two mysterious figures to stand behind him and smile. And that's the recap. Like, did I did I miss anything? Mm, I don't remember Yoshino mentioning Soul Society specifically. She does. I double-checked. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I think that's basically it. Uh, it came up slightly in the thing. There's, like, an in- just... I want to mention that an interesting like visual signifier of each bounce design is that they each of their dolls is linked to like a piece of metal that they wear. So yeah. Freed's got the wristwatch or Freed's got the pocket watch. Goeth is in a ring that she wears. Other people, other bounce you uh, have like a necklace or something like every, every bount has like an important piece of metal. Yeah. Uh, it, it's worth knowing. We don't know what like, Karia's doll is yet. We don't have any real signifier to know what that is. We just know he's a real vampire motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should go ahead and just get into the episode because we're already we're already twenty minutes in it. We're 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 in the soup, as you said. So an average podcast start. Yeah, an average podcast start. You know, we're just in the poutine gravy. Let's go. Episode 72, Water Attack, Escape from the Shutdown Hospital. We open on a nurse explaining to Uryu and the rest of the crew the layout of this hospital room, as well as the fact that since he's the only patient on the ninth floor, that all of the nurses will be stationed on floors 8 and below. If he needs them, he can call using a button. The nurse leaves, and Ichigo expresses amazement at the fact that Uryu gets a whole room to himself, as well as relief regarding there being no other patients on this floor, as they could get caught in the battle if more bounce show up. Uryu explains that this is his father's hospital, and Ichigo's surprised, stating how different it is from his family's. I love this little snippet, actually. It's like a, such a tiny thing, but I love that Ichigo's just like, oh, I didn't know your family also runs a hospital. <laughs> I also like that Uryu's like, 
yeah, my dad would be like, oh, he got attacked by supernatural beings? Fuck it. Like, <laughs> fine. I'll give him a floor to his own so no one else gets hurt if he gets attacked again, I guess. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's great because it's not only, like, if you think about it, it's not only does he leave his son unguarded for this, he's just like, well, I don't want anybody else to get hurt, but if it's my son, it's fine. <laughs> like, God... <laughs> Um, also, I do think it gives, like, a little bit more insight, because haven't we seen, like, Ishin call this hospital before? Uh, yes. So we've, we've seen Ishin, like, in events where there were several people getting hurt at a time, and Ishin was, like, on, on the scene, he has previously called this hospital, or, like, told people to come to this hospital specifically. Although it might also just be that this is the big hospital in town, and there's only this one. Yeah, that's true. It's, like, it's Ishin has a clinic, not a hospital, so it's probably like, well, you need a hospital, so go to go to the general hospital. Yeah. Rukia tells Uryu to get some rest, and Ichigo instructs him to stay focused on sleeping, <laughs> as they'll be keeping watch tonight. The camera hangs ominously over the sink. Chad, Orihime, and Renji sit around a table with the mod souls and cone outside the room as they try to piece together what the bounce might need with a Quincy. Cone questions the, legitis- the legitimacy of Uryu's claims, and meanwhile, we get a cut to a convenience store where Hinatra works, and he's just, like, amazed by the wonders of technology as he heats up a bento box in a microwave. It- it's so funny, because he's just, like, staring at a microwave and, like, openly fucking monologuing about, like, I wonder how this works. I I love that it spins. I don't know how it's heating up the food, but I love this. And there's just, like, a customer behind him, like, could could you, like, ring me up, please? I I love him. He's so good. He's got, like, a, he's got, like, a cute little, like, rat tail. Uh, so cute. Now, he's got, like, just, a, just this adorable hairstyle, and he's like, I guess I'm working at this convenience store now. Yay. <laughs> he's just accepted it, and I love him. Outside, an object crashes into the ground, shaking items off the shelves and scaring all the customers. Hinatero is asked to check it out, and outside, he finds none other than our good friend Ganju in a crater. The two hug immediately, and let's- Sam, let's be honest. They're boyfriends. I cheered. I was like, my husband has come back from the war. (laughs) They're- they're- like, they just immediately hug. They're so happy to meet each other, to see each other again. Uh, they're just happy to be here. I'm really glad they're there. They they really did just hug in a way that I feel can't be explained by. Oh, they're just really good friends. They're they're boyfriends, and you can't convince me otherwise. The reunion's cut short by the sound of police sirens, and Hinatra quickly escorts Ganju away. We cut back to Orihime, who falls asleep on watch due to the lack of action, and the camera inspects two mysterious figures who mock the humans claiming they're stupid and that work isn't always fun or challenging. Uryu sleeps while Rukia and Ichigo watch over him, and then suddenly Rukia just, like, out of nowhere is like, Ichigo, thank you. And Ichigo's like, yeah? What What are you doing? This is creepy. And then the two get in an argument over basically nothing, and they just start arguing, and it's really good, because, like, Udi's asleep, but they wake him up easily, and he just, like, starts sinking under the blankets. <laughs> He's like, I 
I am not going to have a part in this argument. I'm just going to stay here. If I maybe if I hide underneath my blanket, they will they will stop and leave and let me sleep. I'm hurt. Please let me rest. It's it's like he's embarrassed to be seen with him even though there's nobody around. Water drips from the sink as they sit and in silence, Rike gets up to turn the faucet because she's frustrated with it. But more water comes out, filling the sink as fast as it can. Ichigo comes to help, and it's about to overflow when Renji suddenly steps in out of nowhere with a bucket. And he's like, you guys were being really fucking loud. Orihime joins with an even bigger bucket. I I realized after writing this sentence that it wasn't actually a bucket, it was more of a pan. But the shot it was in made it look like a bucket, so I'm just gonna leave that. The gang struggles to solve the sick crisis. <laughs> Orihime hears a noise from behind the door, and then opens it to find the next room is flooding. Suddenly, the water from the sink begins to coil itself around Reggie's arm, alerting the mod souls, and it explodes from the sink with a bottle cap in the middle. The water rushes for Uryu, engulfing him, and as he struggles for air... Chad fails to punch the water off, so Ichigo takes the reasonable course of action, shifting into soul's form and slicing the water. This actually works, but the water still moves. The gang runs to evade and contain, while the silhouettes talk amongst themselves about how surprised the humans were over their doll. I... I just love Chad punching the water. Uh, well, he's like, okay, what can I do? I've Well, I've got a giant fist, so I'm just gonna, just gonna punch it, and then he punches it, and it's like, hmm... That, uh, that didn't do much. Uh. I mean, plus him, he tries more than once. He punches that water a good four or five times. It's okay. He learns his lesson next episode. <laughs> um, the gang runs with Chad carrying Uryu as more sources of water begin to burst out, all with that same bottle cap. They struggle to find its controller, and they manage to figure out that they need to find a location with no water. The doll engoofs Chad and Uryu, but Renji catches it and slashes, uh, slashes the water off, but not before being attacked yet more. I love that punching doesn't work on the water, but slicing it does. It, it, it's such a weird distinction, but I, I'm glad it works. Uh, I guess you, you could make an argument that, like, they're in spirit form, so, like, they're, they're slicing with, like, pure spirit energy, so it, like, actually disrupts the... the f- the form of the water that's being controlled, something, something, something. I guess. I guess. Rukia uses Hada 31, which works for the time being, but leaves Chad a bit singed. Chad, more like charred, am I right? And then Anyone? you get on my case when I make bad puns, yeesh. <laughs> the other inhabitants of the hospital begin to evacuate as the twin silhouettes agree that having soul reapers to deal with makes these more troublesome. Uh, the Ryoka investigate a map, just like a floor map on the wall, uh, trying to figure out which areas have the most water, while Renji observes that the doll isn't actually attacking anyone but them. In fact, there's not really any water visible at this point, and, like, my honest thought, even though it, I, I, I guess it would probably endanger the other patients, because at, at, at some point the bounce would get impatient. <laughs> impatient. Um... Like, I would say just walk with the patients, but also, yeah, it would endanger them. Uryu concludes that it's because he's the target. They decide on a route, and the twins claim that they have to finish things quickly, as they're, like, 
running short of their projected time. The gang reaches an elevator, which doesn't work, and Ichigo's like, why is it so hard to find our way around this hospital? And Iri just says, it's because the director used feng shui in its construction, which leads a bewildered Ichigo to go, you're Quincy's! You shouldn't be concerned with feng shui! Yeah, so it's not, it's not that they find an elevator that doesn't work. It's that they find, like, they look at the map, they're like, okay, the elevator's over there, and the water sim- the water systems are all, like, like, there's a ton of sprinklers near the stairs, so they're like, okay, we're gonna use the elevators instead of the stairs. But then they end up at a dead end, and they're like, "Where's the f- where the fuck is the elevator? <laughs> Why ah, am I unable okay. to find the goddamn elevator? And that's when he says, oh yeah, you know, the director just uses, like, because he, sp- he says, like, it's a weird feng shui system. Like, he, yeah. he, he, like, qualifies it as, like, it's not, not just that it's feng shui, it's that it's a weird one. <laughs> I, I love Uryu's family. I love that they're Quincy's who use <laughs> feng shui. It, it's incredibly good. The gang runs through the hospital more, interspersed with cuts of running water. As the lights go dark and the twins finally make an appearance. This is a little cool shot where, like, it, it's, like, kind of CG as they're running through the, uh, the hallway. And the twins just sort of, like, phase in. Like, they blink in a few times and then they're finally there. It, it's a cool little shot. Honestly, both of these episodes have a lot of, like, really good single shots here and there. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, right. I forgot that this was, like, filler before filler. All- before filler was just a word that meant bad animation. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Yeah. It, 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 like, was actually pretty solid in parts. I actually really, like, throughout these episodes, I love how threatening they make water feel, which is really cool. Uh, like... All the cuts to, like, running water are really good. So, the the twins show up, and they both have water bottles in hand. So, obviously, you know these are the twins we've been seeing. And they tell the group it's fine to run around, but not to take up too much time. Water forms beneath them, and they're like, you know what this is? It's water. (laughs) It's just water. (laughs) They drop bottle caps into it, which calls up their dolls. Ghoul and Gunther. Ichigo has a plan for this. To run! He asks if Noba can teleport Uryu, and Kuroto's like, well, Noba can do that. And then Noba's like, I can only teleport things two meters in this body, which is essentially useless to the situation. Um, They reach more elevators, which burst from the seams with water, and we get a Renji Rukia joint hot of 31, which... I loved this bit. I'm really glad we got to see them work together like this, but it proves completely ineffective. Like, it doesn't even really blow up the water this time. Okay, but in fairness, Rukia has done more this episode than she has in, like, two seasons of Bleach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really glad Rukia's actually been able to be, like, an active participant. Uh, Incredibly happy. Um... I, I love this part because, like, Ishigo, he, like, runs over, like, he finds a lighter, uh, just, like, a loose fucking, like, Bic lighter, and he, like, hops over a counter and finds, like, an oxygen tank, and he gets, like, this grin on his face, just this devious grin, and he blows up the fucking oxygen tank, and it basically evaporates all the water into steam. And also blows out all the windows on the floor because he blew up an oxygen tank in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, like, 
it was it was a dangerous risk, but you know, I feel like it was a risk that needed to be taken. Virgie's like, why are you doing that? Like, you could have hurt somebody. Like, be more careful. And I I think we get a cut to the twins who are just like, well, that was a crude method. But essentially, they get to the elevator. And Ichigo and Renji decide to stay back while the rest take it down so that they can, like, ensure everybody gets down safely. The fight kind of continues in much of the same water-slicing fashion, but the elevator makes its way down slowly, allowing Ichigo and Renji to eventually burst through the door and jump through the shaft eight whole fucking floors. Uh, I love this little shot because Renji, like, turns around as he's jumping through the elevator shaft and shoots another Hado at the water. Like, there's no point to this. Not really. But he's just like, I'm gonna do this. It delays them whenever he shoots them with fire, you know. By, like, half a second. Yeah, that's half a second more they don't have to worry about it. I I mean, I guess. (laughs) I guess you're wrong. Like, I do really like this, like video game ass okay there th- you you've completed the escort mission now protect the elevator doors and fight the enemies while until the elevator gets to the ground floor uh and it's like it's sort of like a really nice okay we we don't have to win we just have to like not let them through for a while and then they keep looking back at the elevator and like this goddamn thing is so fucking slow oh my god <laughs> It's literally like a Left 4 Dead ass fucking, you know, oh, open this door to summon the horde. <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> <laughs> fucking God. Um, basically, once they get down, first of all, Ichigo's like, it might have been a bad idea to jump down eight stories. Maybe. Just a little bit. Um, but then he, like, walks forward with, like, no pause. And... Ricky and Orihime are just standing there, like, stone-faced, silent. And he's like, "What? what's going on? Why aren't you, like, running? Why are you still here? And he, like, walks a bit forward, and he's like, Oh, because it's raining. No matter where they run, there's still more water. That's why we told you. You can't run from water, says one of the twins. And the episode ends. I liked this episode. I thought it was pretty good. It's a, I feel like like the action felt a, like a little times like repetitive or like like mm-hmm. it wasn't really going anywhere. But from the rest of it, and even still, the action still had like a lot of like cool shots. But uh, the rest of the episode is like I think it's like an effective like semi horror thing because you're like yeah damn like the water like the water's literally coming out of all the faucets in the in the hospital every time they like cross a door there's more water coming out and attacking them it's like this this freaky like oh god what are we what are we gonna do nothing we're doing has any effect on this thing yeah like i i also think they do like a good job at making the water feel ominous like especially because at like the beginning it's just like this this drip this continuous drip, and you're like, okay, something's fucking up with these faucets. Um, But, like, as the episode gets more quote-unquote tense, you know, like, all the running water starts getting, like, cut into the different shots of them, like, running around. And it's, like, it's solid theming, 
I, I definitely agree with you that I think the, like, action got very repetitive this episode, in that it's basically all the same thing of, okay, we're gonna slice the water, we're gonna shoot Hotto 31 at the water, and it's gonna stop it for, like, half a second. Um, I do really like the part where Ichigo, like, decides to get the lighter, because it's, like, it's a unique bit of action we don't normally see in this show, where, like, Ichigo has some, like, weird fucking sense of ingenuity here um but other than that like solid solid well-paced episode i felt like yeah a good uh good return from hiatus episode yeah I, i'm 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 happy with this episode uh do you have anything more to add before we go on our five minute break well there is the post-credit scene where we have con watching the news and the news anchor is like this just in, there was an explosion at uh, the at the hospital. All the patients have been evacuated. We have found the body of one unconscious teenager, Ichigo Kurosaki. <laughs> I did watch this fucking bit. I totally fucking forgot they just left his body at the hospital. And Khan's like, oh, fuck. I forgot. Oh, no. Because <laughs> Khan is with them. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, so it's just, oops, they've, they've, because, and then, like, the news anchor is also like, we've also had reports of several missing teenagers, such as Uryu Ishida. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but the best part is just, they have found the body of Ichigo, and he see, it seems like he's dead. He must have died in this explosion. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ichigo Kurosaki. Maybe never see you again. God, also, gotta say, Love your news anchor voice. Very good voice. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go ahead and cut to our five minute break. into it with episode 73 gathering bounce the man who makes his move the episode opens up with a joke based on like it's a superstition in japan about like sunshine girls and rain mans uh basically it's like the the idea is that there can be a person who is essentially just very unlucky and bring like attracts rain so like everywhere they go it's always raining so that's just like what the humor is but yeah. the bounce dolls appear before the group the twin bounce ban and ho combine their dolls into a giant tentacled water creature and the three shinigami rush in to try and buy time for the humans to escape their best efforts including some pretty cool shots from renji and ichigo and a giant fireball from rukia only manage to slow the, scre- the creature down a little bit and the tree the three of them are quickly swallowed up Orihime and Uryu want to stay and help, but Chad convinces them to go. He's like, they've got this, as Ichigo is drowning in the background. <laughs> Don't worry, Ichigo's got this. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Ichigo's fine. He, he's fought water before. Elsewhere, we see the mysterious bount defector Yoshino looking at a marionette in a storefront window, until she's accosted by Ryo, who asks if she would return to Karia, the man she loves. She replies that, Love grows old when you think you're being manipulated. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I like... There, there's more, like, 
to the scene, as you're about to say, but, like, I actually, I really like that at this point in the episode, it's not a situation, like, Ryo's, like, not nice to Yoshino, but, like, she, he's at least, like, talking to her as opposed to, like, trying to force her to come back, which I liked. Well, it's like, he's essentially been told to play nice, is the thing. Like, we, like, cause, like, Karya throughout the previous episodes have, like, has, like, told him, hey, like, don't treat her roughly, be kind, be fine to her, be nice to her, like, I don't actually care if she keeps running off, like, don't hurt her. And Ryo's like, what? Ha- why? <laughs> and, when, and like, that's why he's trying to find it out here. He's like, hey, uh, Yoshino, what the fuck? Like, why... Why does he care so much? Why does he give a shit? And also, don't you love him? Why don't you come back? He's about to start his plans. And she's like, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care if he's about to start his plan. Like, go away. Like, did you see the creepy way he touched my face, like, two episodes ago? Like, no, I'm not going back to him. Yeah, and then, like... Rio wonders, like, hmm, I wonder why you're allowed to, like, be this rebellious, yada, yada, yada. And, and then he, he says it with, like, a little smile, and Yoshino tells him that his ambition will destroy him, which I think she is meaning, she's essentially accusing him of, like, trying to, he's going to betray Karia. Yeah, that that's absolutely what she was, like, implying. Uh, I really like the consistency here in character. Uh, because you are right, Rio was, like, ordered not to play rough with her, and, like, he- he remains, like, loyal. He's definitely not happy about it, but he- he does remain loyal for the time being. And I- I do like that consistency. We cut to the convenience store, where Hanataro is ending his shift, and Ganju gets a job. (laughs) (laughs) Ganju, without explanation, is just also working at this convenience store. It's the best. Honestly, bless the manager of this convenience store who first he saw Hanataro like passed out in front of his store and then he and then learned that he was homeless and he gave him a job. And now there's another guy who just showed up randomly, also no job, no home, and he's like, you know what, you can also work and have a wage too and have and he gives him like the extra bento that they were going to throw out. So he's like, here you go. Have some food. <laughs> this manager's so nice. Like, I just I, I love this. I love that Ganju and Hanataro are clearly boyfriends. Ganju literally always calls him Hana. It's literally they're boyfriends. They're boyfriends. They're bento boyfriends. They're bi- they're bento boyfriends. A a Hanabi and his and his flower. A firework <laughs> and his flower. Note to self. Add this to fanfiction list. K- Kubo cannot fucking convince me these two aren't in love. I don't care how hard he tries. Wait, when he gets back in the reins, he can't convince me otherwise. The two husbands were basically both... They were both told by their respective, uh, like, matriarchal figure to come to Earth and inspect, like, the weird shenanigans that were happening. And so they're, like, exchanging notes. And it's like, oh, that's weird. We both had the same mission. Hey, what's that really fucked up spirit pressure that we're feeling? Yeah, whoa, that feels bad. That, that no vibes off. The vibes are rancid. <laughs> Over at the fight, the Shinigami are only ever able to free themselves for a small moment before being recaptured, and like there's some really cool shots of Renji and Ichigo like 
cutting themselves free for, like, just a second before the water, like, just engulfs them again. But thankfully for them, the kids leave to chase after Ishida, quickly closing off Chad's running path and firing blasts of water at them. Chad falls, he drops Udio on the floor, Odihime gets, like, a cool little action shot where she, she, like, makes a little shield and she's, like, moving the shield to block the various shots, but eventually she also gets overpowered. Chad tells the mod souls to take Uryu and leave. Uh, the twins are confident that Chad can't do anything. Like, what are you going to do? Punch water? <laughs> Every time you shoot a blast at the water, like, it just reforms itself. But that only works as long as Chad attacks the doll. His keen strategic mind gives him the solution. So he rushes forward and laser cannon punches the children. <laughs> knocking them away and forcing them to separate. And as soon as they get further than, like, about a meter apart from each other, the doll starts to lose cohesion. I I, I really want to say, like, uh, it was something I was thinking about while watching this episode, but while they were, like, running to, like, what, I, I don't, my, my brain can't recall if it was them running away from the children or trying to find the children to actually, like, do something about the doll, but I do like that Ichigo, specifically, is, like, starting to have those, like, strategic thoughts of, okay, so what do we know about them? We know that they're twins, and that their, doll do, their dolls do the same thing, which means it might actually just be one doll, which means we have to, like, split them up. Rook is even like, as we all know, twins are psychic and depend on each other. <laughs> so, if we take this to its logical conclusion, these already psychic vampire twins probably also depend on each other. Yeah, it, it it's like, it's really good in, in that it, it literally follows what Urahara told us, like, he was trying to do. Which is trying to teach Ichigo and Ko to not be, like, stupid about their fighting. To literally, like, try and figure out a plan. And they do that. And I liked that. Yeah. The scene changes to a gloomy room where there's, like, this generic Shinigami-looking buddy who's reading a book. And he greets a big beefy guy called he calls Koga as he enters the room from... He comes in from the rain. Koga asks what happened to the rest of the group. To which the generic extra tells him he's the first. And then we immediately cut back to the action. You say generic extra... But this is, like, a Belmont-looking motherfucker. True. Like, he he looks like he's from Castlevania. <laughs> like, straight up. Yeah, like, I'm calling him a Shinigami because he's, like, got a very similar look to the Shinigami, but I'm not certain if- he, I don't know if he's a Shinigami or bound. Yeah. Back with the- back with our friends, Ishida's, like- He's hurt, and he's sick, and he's trying to recuperate, and now he's been running in the rain for a while, so now he's got a fever. <laughs> Poor Ishida. <laughs> I feel so bad for Uryu. Like, I, I'm really glad they're leaning into, like, how powerless he is right now, but it's like, I feel so bad for this boy. Yeah, he's like, he curses his weakness, and before anything else can happen, the group is just attacked by the bounty again, and Ishida's captured immediately. The twins threaten to crush him if Chad uses his powers, just as the Shinikami crew arrive. The twins say, oh yeah, you should just run, since uh, our dolls really want to kill you, and we haven't even shown your true our we haven't even shown you our true abilities yet. And we immediately get a fucking horrifying sequence as water splashes onto every everyone's face, goes inside their mouths and nose, and 
starts to take control of the water in their bodies. So not only are they being, like, shredded from the inside out, they're also drowning, and everybody's just incapacitated and in pain on the floor, and it's horrifying. It's absolutely, like, ridiculously terrifying. The only thing that could be, like, more terrifying to me is if they were, like, fucking bloodbenders from Avatar. Like, it, it, it was... It was scary. Yeah. Thankfully, our... Matsol doll friends aren't haven't been affected by this. So just as everyone is like on the ground and feeling like they're dying and the twins are gloating, Nova and Claude run off and whoop, the twins start teleporting in like little two meter bursts. <laughs> they just like they're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And as they keep like trying to get closer, they keep just like teleporting them just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And the kids are like, what's going on? But because they're split up, the water that's currently attacking like all of the all of the gang, it's all it gets disrupted and like the effect, uh, the effect is is stopped, until Nova just like keeps teleporting until they throw the child off a ledge and he falls <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> he like he literally just like keeps teleporting, okay, boop 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 boop, uh, tossed off a. He, he, it's like a two story fall or something, and the kid just like falls headfirst, and like damn. I'm really glad that, like, I, I realize I keep saying I'm really glad because, like, this episode, like, in general just has, like, a lot of good payoff moments from last episode. Um, but, like, here in particular, I really liked how last episode they were, like, they brought attention to Noba's powers. Uh, they called it useless t for the situation. And then, like, he proves them wrong by effectively using them in this episode and literally saving everyone. Like... I was really happy about that. Yeah. Well, they were useless in that situation, but now that we've got a cliff to throw children off of... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all you need is a cliff to throw children off of. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... So, like, the Shinigami get ready to fight again, and they're like, hey, remaining conscious child, you you lost. Like, just give up. Uh, but Ban... Uh, no, this is Ho. Ho is like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to fight. I can do it alone. And he grabs both of the bottle of the metal bottle caps, resummoning the dolls and fusing them. Uh, he's clearly struggling, but at the same time, like, Rukia's explosions are not doing anything against this thing. Like, they're barely stopping it. Thankfully, a hero has arrived <laughs> as Ganju uses his sand wave to go through the wall, grinning. And it's like, oh, you're fighting a giant water thing? You need explosions and firepower? I've got just the thing. <laughs> and he throws a bomb directly inside the doll, exploding it, and then it it's like a cluster bomb, so it explodes, and then it explodes into a bunch of fireworks, just making this giant light show inside the warehouse that they're in. It's, it's worth stating that Ichigo's theme, which is called Number One, uh, is playing like during this entire sequence, and on Ganju's bomb is written Number One. And I adore that. That it's such a good detail. It's really good. the The real number one has arrived. The real number one has arrived. I could not contain my grin during this part. It was so good. And then we uh we look back to see how the twins are doing now that their now that their doll is like blown to smithereens and um they immediately aged death in like a pretty like the. They immediately start looking like hundreds of year old corpses, and then they just turn to dust. And it's like, oh. 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 
So, yeah, no, it was like actually a pretty scary sequence. Like I, I loved it, but Jesus Christ, these poor kids. Yeah, and Rukia's like, mm, I guess even though they looked like children, they were actually like probably a couple of hundred years old. And when we killed the doll, it like they just immediately aged to their like actual physical age, huh? And then the group realizes, hey, wait, where did, where did Uduyu go? <laughs> where where is he? Where, where's our boy? And we see that he's just like walked off into the rain alone and barefoot. <laughs> just a sad boy. I've realized that like Udi is trying to like stop his friends from being in danger. Uh, and like I, I do respect his mindset, but I really wish he'd just stay where he can be protected. <laughs> uh, just as the group realizes that he's gone, we cut to a mansion where we see all of the bounce gather, including the generic Soul Reaper-looking guy and Koga that we've seen earlier, as well as four new designs, which presumably we'll meet in the next episode. I, I think it's really great that in my recap this week, I was there like, yeah, there's like three bounce, and then there's like, <laughs> oh, wait, no, there's a lot more. It's like, here's like six of them. Here's six new ones. Yeah, like, I'm glad there's more. Because, like, I mean, the thing about, like, Karia, Yoshino, and Ryo is that, like, their designs are kind of basic. Like, they're they're fine. They're good designs, but they're, they're kind of samey. Um, whereas, like, these n- new ones are, like, a lot more varied. Uh, so I'm, like, I'm excited to see what these people look like in action. Mm-hmm. And then finally, for the post credit scene, we've got Uzuru and Hisagi back in Soul Society, wincing in pain, and they're like, uh, mm, Kira, if I die, take care of my subordinates. <laughs> and then the camera zooms out a little, and we learn that they're just having incredibly painful foot massages. Aren't we all? And the nurses are like, wow, their liver's like super weak. <laughs> After <laughs> giving the, the foot massage, and Unahana's basically like, well, that'll teach you to go drinking. And it's like, yeah, that'll teach you for drinking Rangiku boys. Although, in, in their defense, I don't think either of them had much of a choice. Yeah, I don't think they did either. Rangiku's a hell of a fucking, uh, I, I don't have a word here. I, 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 I'm just gonna move on. The, the sentence is lost. That That is the end of my sentence. She's there to party hardy, and if you are if you don't look like you're having fun, she's going to make sure you have some fun. You gotta have fun around her. You're going to have fun, whether you want it or not. <laughs> I thought this episode was, like, it, it followed through on everything that it, like, set up in the last episode in a satisfying way. I, I think this one progressed the plot a bit more, which I was happy about, um... And the action here felt a little less repetitive, because I, I do think there was, like, a little less action, but, like, what was there was really good. Yeah, we had a bunch of different, con- we had different types of action, right? Like, we had, we had Orihime doing some fighting, we had, we had uh, Chad punching some kids, we had Rukia, like, throwing a bunch of fireballs, we have Ganju jumping in and, like, being the hero of everything, like... I was so o- glad to see Ganju, I was so happy. Just, like, making use of the extended cast in a really interesting manner. And we also got, like, a bunch of designs for, like, okay, here's, like, our villain team coming up. Yeah, like, I I, I just... It's exactly as you said. Like, their use of the extended cast is really exciting. Because, like, 
that's one of Bleach's biggest strengths, is it has, like, a really great cast. So getting to see a lot of them, like, getting to be the star and not, like, our basic Ryoka team is really exciting, and I hope it continues to go in that direction. Honestly, getting to see anyone that's not Ichigo get the, like, get the hits in, what, even though Ichigo is, like, in the fight, just that, like, bonus points for this, like, honestly, it's good shit. Absolutely. Uh, I think we should go ahead and call it an episode. Like, I, I think that's pretty good time. We did it. Let's not tempt fate and, like, save save an export now before our files get corrupted. <laughs> uh, so, this should hopefully be the end of our hiatus, our two-month or so hiatus. Um, you can find us on Twitter, at BleachCast. You can email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. Think of it this way. If it's not the end of our hiatus, by the time our our listeners hear this episode, it will be. You can find me at SSBSLJ on Twitter. Tabs had three times. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient with us. Stay cool, Chads. Our life is one big proverbial coin toss. My, my hands immediately covered my face. I knew something was coming, but I still was not prepared. Goodbye. <laughs>